and welcome to the Cozy Mystery Book Club podcast, YouTube's first Cozy Mystery Book Club, celebrating cozy mysteries 24-7. I'm your creator and hostess, Angela Maria Hart, aka at Writer A Hart over on Twitter and Instagram, and Books Are My Heart over on YouTube. Welcome to today's podcast episode featuring our live stream discussion of Murder in G Major by Alexia Gordon. This book club discussion occurred March 30th, 2021. And as always, as the creator and hostess, I led the discussion, but I was joined by two special sleuthing guests. Stephanie at Miss Richards over on Twitter and Instagram and at Jeannie Wrights over on Instagram and at Jeannie Epst, E-P-S-T over on Twitter. These two ladies read Murder in G Major and joined me live through StreamYard to discuss all things Cozy Mysteries with everyone over on YouTube. I hope you enjoy our discussion of Murder in G Major. Oh my gosh, and then the comments pop up. Oh, you guys are so, oh, you guys are so amazing. Tio Danielle, Susan, Paperback, oh, Victoria, Lady Gizmo. You guys are so amazing. Marta, oh my gosh, yes. So I, I went on to Instagram. I mean, I always call it the highlight, but the story. So Marta is amazing. I'm going to mention this now because she posted in the comments and I'm going to give her the shout out because I posted this on Twitter too. So she made the first book in her series free just for us. So all Cozy Mystery readers can, she made this free on Amazon. So her book, Demeter West and the Ghost Town Glitch. So you can get the ebook free right now, which is so cool. I feel like we're so honored that she made this book free because today's our live stream. How cool is that? And then one person tonight who comments, again, every comment is a giveaway entry, is going to win the audiobook. So I think that is just so amazing. So someone's going to get a special upgrade. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I see. I love how Stephanie's smiling. Like, yeah, that's great. Awesome. I think that's so sweet, though, that she made it. She made it free because, I mean, as soon as I saw that in the email, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this makes us such an official club. She's making the book free because of our live stream. That's I mean, incredible. I <laughs> As the dog growls, he's like, yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> and then if someone, I love how like what the notes are at the back. And you got to love how big I wrote it. So, because I didn't want to forget. So Kensington has been amazing this month. So there was the Twitter giveaway. I just posted the Instagram giveaway winners. And then tonight, a second person who comments, again, comments equal giveaway, is going to win a paperback copy of this brand new cozy that was just published today. So you're going to get this right off, you know, the shelves. <laughs> So again, someone is going to be getting an audiobook. Someone else is getting a paperback book, which I think is awesome because so many people read in such different ways. So if somehow you're impaired, you can't actually read the book. You can win an audio. If you want to actually physically read a paperback, we got you covered. So, and plus she made the ebook. So all the digital readers too. Everyone's covered today, which is great. And now, cause I already hold, held this up. I can put it on the ground. <laughs> and I'm so excited to introduce my two guest hosts because these lovely women have been a part of the book club for the longest time. And this is the first time I actually get to talk to them kind of face to face. This is digital technology and it's weird to say face to face, but face to face. So we have Stephanie, who I always think of as Miss Richards Reads. I want to talk to her like she's my teacher because it's always Miss Richards. <laughs> so you've got to acknowledge her or subscribe to her YouTube channel. And Jeannie, who you guys have probably seen comment because she is so sweet and amazing and always posting over on the Twitter and Instagram. These women are amazing. I'm going to post all of their social media links once this is over. I'm pretty sure they're already in there right now, unless YouTube did, some, like, did something with the it's, it's possible YouTube didn't say something, but I will post all their links again, follow them. They're awesome. And I'm so happy to be talking to them tonight. So, okay. 
Thank you for having us. This is so exciting. All the comments just pop up. I'm always so surprised when people comment. I don't know why. I should have used to y'all. You're amazing. But every single time, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, and so Marty says she's making it free for today and tomorrow. So that is just so sweet. That's so nice. Marta rocks. I am just so honored by that. That's just so generous. I know. See, everyone thinking. I just learned you could do this. I've had StreamYard for I don't know how many years. <laughs> what, two now? Just realized you can post comments. Just learned about that. <laughs> hey! I feel like you should just leave this one. Like, this is a good one to, like, leave off with. I love the Cousin Cupid Club. And then Kensington really is the best. The two girls, I always got to give Larissa and Michelle some shout-outs. They're amazing. The Kensington team is just, I love them so much. <laughs> they really are just super. Uh, they're not I, I don't think of it as competition with books because like if you're a reader you're a reader but i mean this book wasn't published by kensington but yet they're still offering a giveaway which is amazing and i just think that's so sweet and generous yeah so let's talk about our book let's see I don't have, victoria is commenting on the bookish backgrounds we didn't plan it but hey this yeah, is just how it works that's what i said when i saw it that was the first thing I, it looks so cool <laughs> I love how the white one is in the middle, too. I think that works perfectly. Like, it's the bookends of the bookshelves. With the, yes. With the dark ones. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the little things in life. I read it. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just realized we match your shirt. <laughs> the, <flowers. laughs> the little things in life. It was meant to be. Love that. So, what did you guys think? Yes? Enjoyable? <laughs> I really liked it. Really, really liked it. This book, I feel as if it really hit a lot of different kind of beats or just different things for coziness because you got the small town you have someone starting over I mean kind of similar profession but in a different role she's now a teacher so I mean there's just a lot to this I think that hits the cozy notes and the Irish setting was just perfect <laughs> yes I feel as if I'm I'm going to apologize on behalf of myself right now in case I mispronounce any of the Irish names tonight because <laughs> yeah if you, if you all read the book I mean I've mentioned this before before we went live you know, before before the Harry Potter movies, it used to be Hermione, and then you hear them say it in the movie, like, oh, it's Hermione. I'm pretty sure I might say that about some of these characters tonight, so <laughs> I apologize. And it it's looks like a, <laughs> looks like a lot of the people here really enjoyed the book. That's awesome. Oh, yay. That's great. Oh, my goodness. Yes, the gothic atmosphere. That is such a great way of phrasing it. I love that. Paperback stash, I totally agree with you on the intelligent cozy. There were a handful of words that I ended up having to look up. I was so impressed with Alexia Gordon's vocabulary. Mm. Well, and she's actually a physician, I found out. So it totally fits. I was really impressed. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure out how to say it. It wasn't as if she just wrote our protagonist, who's, you know, highly educated with the intelligent dialogue. Everyone across the board was very well-spoken. I mean, I think I noticed it with Siobhan. I, I mean, I, she's very, you know, she, you know, this, this woman is the fake psychic and she's all over the place. But then she says the word germane. I'm going, hey, wait a second. You know, you're, I, for some reason, I saw that word coming out of her mouth with the dialogue. And I'm going, hmm. Even like everyone across the board is just, you know, get their GRE words going. <laughs> $10 words. Mm-hmm. Hey, already reading book two. I know. I Yeah, the spooky vibes. I got to admit, yeah, I mentioned this before. I feel as if this was a little bit darker. I mean, there are quite a few bodies by the mm-hmm. end book. 
Yeah, I love Victoria saying, a lighthouse, she rides a bike, a poison garden. There's like so many of those things that I could add to it. You know, this great town, you know, there are so many great things about this book that we could add exclamation points to. The premise of this book, I kind of love how she's supposed to randomly end up in this town. So again, I, I... Yosemite, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I listened to the audiobook for that little, just to make sure I said her name correctly with that one. But I love how she loses her luggage and she goes to the first place she can get to call for the police and help. And, she, and then somehow she ends up with the job. And then she's not even paying rent in the cottage. She's just there to oversee the property. I mean, it's kind of just it all play, you know, domino effect. It all works out for her first, <laughs> like for her to end up in this cozy setting. The fact that it's haunted is besides the point. <laughs> yeah. That would have scared me so bad. Just sit there and all of a sudden, there's I a mean, ghost. <laughs> I mean, I gotta admit, I kind of like the fact that when she first meets our ghost, she loses it. She runs out of the house. <laughs> I thought that was extremely realistic. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that so much because I feel as if sometimes they're like, hey, there's a ghost. How you doing? I mean, she ran away. She went for help. Then she goes back in and then when she sees him again, she picks up, you know, the nearest object and hurls it at him. Then she does it a second time. I mean, she didn't really care about, you know, she's like, I'm going to whip this. <laughs> I, I, yeah, realistic was the word that I think I wrote down. Mm-hmm. She wears the death lady clothes. It's true. That's another thing. The town, they're so generous. He comes bearing like two bags and she finds a Chanel shit. Like there's a Chanel suit in there. I love how I like, I couldn't say that tongue twister for a second. Oh my gosh. I would be amazed if someone was like, here's your designer, you know, things just for you. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew whose clothes they they were. It was exactly. so funny. Yeah. And they complimented her on it. Obviously, they looked good. I mean, talk about being lucky. She's the same size as, as the former wife mm-hmm. or the deceased wife. I don't know how we want to refer to this because there's so many different characters who end up, who joined along the way. But <laughs> I, did you have a favorite kind of cozy element? Were you there for the paranormal? Did you like the lighthouse? Like, what was your favorite cozy part of this? I really liked the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. and the setting for me and the music. Yeah. I work at a school. I'm a, I work at a boarding school and I live there as well. So I was super interested in all the school scenes because I'm like, I see you. I see you with that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I got to admit, I thought it was really cute when, again, I, I don't know if she actually worked with children, but I kind of get the impression she understands them. And when you mentioned the teacher, because the kids, they, they have their own little jokes. I thought, I almost wish that we got to see her more in her daily interactions as a teacher and being in charge of the orchestra, because I thought the the boys themselves at the boarding school, I thought they were really cute and they had their own little stories going when the kid ever tried to pretend to be his twin. And then you got them like, we have prank week. We're putting prunes in the cookies. And then the other kid, his idea of a prank was just turning the books around. I thought that was adorable. I was there for the kids. (laughs) And those things happen. I will vouch. Those things happen. I wasn't sure. I love that she covered for them with the prune cookies, too. That was so sweet. Yeah. That was going to be one of my questions tonight. I was going, I was kind of confused. Like, at first, I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And then I'm like, hey, wait a second. Did they just, you know, get away with that entirely? <laughs> she didn't even say anything. She was like, yeah, 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 just move along. This is a lame prank. I mean, I it was almost if, like, if it was a, if it was more, I don't know, intricate, maybe she would have called them out for it. But it was like, hey, it was just cookies. Eh. <laughs> Yeah. And I love in the end, I know I'm kind of jumping forward, but that the boys really stood up for her and kind of pretty much saved the day in the end. That was fabulous, giving them that opportunity. I love yeah. them so much. Like, again, I think that 
this shows good writing to me because I, I wanted more. <laughs> when you want more of a character, I think that's that's indicative of, okay, good story, good characterization, good background. Because again, I wanted more of the daily interactions with them. Even the one who kept showing up late, I mean, he had his own little story going on. They all did. Yeah. I really wanted it to be more more of a reason that he was showing up late than he was smoking. <laughs> too because so we find out that the soloist the violinist he comes from one of the wealthy families he's a nolan i was hoping maybe his sister who's a little bit not space she's a she's a childhood genius she's out there doing her own thing she's not in school she has tutors i was hoping maybe he was babysitting or checking in with her or just something like that i was hoping it was sister related just showing him being a good brother but then that didn't happen (laughs) i was expecting that too like he was you know, the he was filling in, watching her, you know, between the times when she didn't have something to do or whatever. But, I mean, as faults go, that's a pretty minor one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was the little sister. This girl, I mean, I, I want to know more about her. She needs her own little spinoff. I mean, she needs to be in the next book. This girl was, what, translating the Latin of Ovid, like, I mean, just for fun. <laughs> and they said she they wanted to get her chemistry for her, she's 12 years old. And I wanted her to start chemistry the next semester. The parents were really pushing her. And yet at the same time, she's not only smart, she was into the mystical elements. She, apparently she could see some of the ghosts. She seemed to know what was going on, although she didn't actually relay it to our protagonist, which I found very peculiar because she seemed to know about what was going on with the missing books. Mm-hmm. We should definitely touch on that at some point in time because a lot of these characters seem to know more, but yet didn't tell our leading lady. But yeah, the sister, she was... She was very complex herself. Mm. Okay. okay, I'm just going to show you guys why I look down. This is my Max. <laughs> this is Max. He's on the lap. And, this, and I feel as if I'm showing him because he was this wasn't an animal cozy mystery. So we're turning it into a, a cozy companion right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, I kind of love the fact, going back to the beginning, that she was a huge fan of our ghost. I thought that was really amazing how... I was going to say Alexi Gordon here was able to show that she had a little heart-shaped photo. <laughs> she had a heart-shaped frame, had his photo in there. She had a crush on him starting at seven years old until she left for college. And then she gets a chance to become friends with her idol as mm-hmm. she's helping him. I I just love that for some reason. I mean, there were a lot of moments mm-hmm. where I feel as if I actually just went, oh, that's so cute. I thought, you know, when he put the blanket over her, oh, it just, there were some really touching mm-hmm. moments and I kind of, Again, I wanted to say, like, you know, good job with the writing. I like the little details that kind of came around with that. <laughs> I agree. I'm all for romance, too, in Cozies. But I think it was really great to see a platonic, genuine friendship between two people in this case. And and you're right. I think that developed naturally, believably. And it was one of my favorite aspects of the book. I was kind of trying to figure out, like, are they setting up a love triangle with our heroine and then our inspector? And then our math teacher, I kind of saw a little bit of that though. And I'm going, okay, I don't know if I'm in, invested in a love triangle. I want her to just choose someone and go with it. Because love triangles, they just drive me bonkers. But <laughs> I, I mean, just, just throwing this in there. We meet the inspector as he's getting dumped brutally. <laughs> yes. Can we just acknowledge that the girlfriend is crying? They've only been together four months. It hasn't been too long, but it's just, it's a dramatic breakup. And then the heroine's like, hi, nice to meet you. (laughs) Oh my God. 
(laughs) Colleen and paperback stash. They like the friendship too. Awesome. Love it. And I loved that he was really irritated with her at first too. the ghost. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he he wanted to kick her out. And then I kind of thought it was really cute how he realized like, Hey, wait a second. I need your help. And then, this was just me. I, again, my biggest pet peeve with Cozy Mysteries is when the person just like, hi, I'm going to intrude on your life and go snooping for no apparent reason. I mean, they're like looking over the fence, trying to figure out, you know, oh, I'm inserting myself into the town just because I'm nosy and a busybody. I thought it was great that she was hesitant and rightfully so. She's like, I'm not a detective. I've never done this. And even though he was her idol, she's going, this isn't my area of expertise. This isn't something I do. And so she tries to get the psychic which fails. And then she takes up the mantle of being the sleuther. <laughs> so it was kind of a, okay, I'm on board now. Let's go. We got this. But yeah. I kind of like that. She, she kind of needed to come around to it in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I get irritated sometimes, or I always kind of preface it with, you kind of have to suspend a little bit of yeah. belief. And this one was just very, it could happen that way mm-hmm. in real life. And I loved that. Totally great. <laughs> yes. I like how I can show the comments. Though. I feel so, I feel so tech savvy and the dog is going behind me. This is interesting. He's, he's going behind my back. He's here though. The inspector will be thrown in the friend zone. <laughs> yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I can kind of see that happening. I mean, I mean, she did kiss the math teacher. Granted it was a cover, but hmm. he showed a little bit of jealousy. He's going, why were you talking to him at the pub? Why are you talking? Oh, did you socialize with them? I mean, he definitely showed a little bit of the that little romantic. Hmm, there's a little tension here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna growl. I'm warning you. This is gonna happen. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has a. I mean, he's tiny. I don't know if anyone has a cat or a dog that does this. He's been trying to push me off my own chair. Now he'll try to go between my back and the chair. I don't know what that is. Screen <laughs> time. <laughs> I'm totally with Victoria and the fact that we have a smart black woman as the yes. protagonist. I love that she was reciting the baseball players. She was like, no, no, I'm doing the, the new, what she called, hi, yes, hi. But she talked about her grand, like the issues she was talking, they, she threw in the backstory saying, you know, my mother wanted to prove I'm not another, co-, like it was said, like, what is it, another little cotton picker. She's like, no, I'm going to prove, I want to become a doctor to prove you wrong. And like her parents are so smart. And I love just the representation of, hi, he, can't, he comes up, he comes down. I, I did not even come up. <laughs> I'm gonna have, I, I literally brought out treats to bribe him too. So he has no reason to be doing that. <laughs> that sounded so ADD for a minute where I'm just like, okay, having a moment here. And then the dog comes into play. Max has thoughts about this book, I think. Yeah, very opinionated. <laughs> yes, that was, yeah. I, I thought it was, yeah, the Negro League Baseball. That, exa- that was exactly where I was going with that. I loved how they incorporated yeah. that. And I also love the fact that she was so intelligent, so capable herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, you know, I saw, this is going to sound so silly, but I saw this thing about Jennifer Lopez. Like, how does it feel to have all the female, like, you know, on your shoulders? Like this woman, like she represented women well, just in generally across the board. She was smart. She was capable. She was independent. I was like, bow down. She was, mm-hmm. I thought she was a great character. Yeah. Yeah. I loved how much she wanted to succeed and she got things done. And I loved that. Yeah. Paperback Stash has a great point, too, about the issues with overachieving and family. You don't see that in a lot of cozies, but it's so prevalent in real life. And so it was really neat to see that incorporated. I'm with you. I totally, 
I do this a lot. I don't know. <laughs> no, I thought that was so interesting, especially with the older sister. She was making decisions based off the fact she didn't want to seem like a failure. And that could have been a very dangerous precedent. I mean, she ended up in a nice small town with nice people, but I mean, she definitely did put herself in danger when she probably could have taken a step back instead of saying, no, I'm not going to give up. Even with even with the orchestra, there's a dog in the hallway barking. They're having a conversation now. I thought it was so interesting when she realized, okay, this boy keeps showing up late. I need to remove him as first chair and promote Rory or Rory. I don't know. I'm Again, just go. We'll go with the pronunciation. But she didn't want to make it seem like she was giving in to the headmaster and the benefactor or the donor. She didn't want to make it seem like, no, I'm making this decision for myself, not because you told me to. She really wanted to stand on her own in every single decision she made, which I thought was just so great and brilliant because it was like, no, everything I do is because I want to do it. There was just so much agency with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm agreeing with so many people in the chat saying, this was one of the best posies for banter. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so real, well written, so believable, so fun. Oh my gosh. Did you have a favorite banter moment? I mean, anytime she's talking with Eamon, Eamon, mm-hmm. the ghost, I mean, they just, they're, they're on the same level intelligently. That's what I'm saying. And the music connection. I mean, they just like get each other. Yeah. I loved it. He was like, he, when he, when she's calling him Irish, <laughs> they have their own little jokes back and forth. Yeah. And then when he's trying to do the American accent and then she's trying to do the Irish accent. <laughs> I love that she became friends with her idol. That just makes my heart so happy. I know. That was so sweet. Did you have a favorite banter moment? Probably the same thing when she's bantering with Eamon. I know. I was about to look down. Yeah. I, I did some of like the little pronunciation things like the dictionary. We were like, this is how we say the names. This is a really random banter moment, but I loved it when she was with our math teacher. I love how we have him as Frankie, Francis, then we have the last name thrown in there too. I'm just going to call him Frankie because that's the easiest one. So she's in there and he was able to help her because like every single person who goes mystery, he's friends with someone who has a tech on, he, he, he was able to get, you know, the whiskey or bourbon analyzed because everyone has access to a tech lab and that person who owes them a favor. So he brings her the results and then they lock the door to the faculty lounge. And then the Latin teacher comes in in a huff and they're like, we're canoodling, we're conversing. <laughs> and they're just trying to come up with all these different C words. Like, yeah. yes, we're having conversation. Like they, it was just so cute. They were just kind of going back and forth. I'm like, oh, he should be a love interest for you. It was just so cute the way they're able to sort of just like, you know, like feed off of each other in that way. I thought that was just really cute for their relationship. Mm-hmm. That was a really yeah. random banter moment, but that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Kind of- Kind of like Anne of Green Gables. She found her kindred spirits. Yes. I mean, she's known this guy for what, like two weeks? Yeah, let's go break into this murder victim's house because that's what we do. Right. (laughs) We're a prankster. Naturally, like doing pranks leads to breaking into a murder victim's home. Yeah, those two things are synonymous. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to bring up Lula because she almost killed Gethsemane. And I was just laughing and like, what? At the same time. Yeah. I mean, can we just acknowledge the fact too that this woman got poisoned and then the priest was like, no, 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 you don't need to go to the hospital. You don't need to report this. You don't need to press charges. You didn't have that much. It was fine. And then probably a bite of foxglove. No, (laughs) go get your stomach pumped. And she's checking her own pulse. I'm like, you're still, you're still alive. You're you're, you're checking your own pulse. Um, 
my gosh. <laughs> I would never want to eat there again. That would traumatize me. Yeah. Also, the fact that there's this poison garden in the middle of town and everyone knows where the keys are. What's the point of locking that? Yeah, well, like, first of all, you have a poison garden because naturally every coast mystery needs to have a poison garden, especially with all the different poisons, not just, hey, we just have foxglove. No, we have wolfsbane, we have hemlock, we have everything you could need because that's normal. And then they, they have the thing locked, but the keys are right by the lock. <laughs> yeah. Irish charm for you, I guess. Oh, I just saw Susan's comment. The audiobook is amazing. It's really good. I listened, I, I read the book first and then I listened to it because I wanted to learn the pronunciation of the names. Uh, again, I for live streams, obviously you're talking about it. This isn't just a book, you know, you're writing a book review. You, you can just get away with not knowing. Just I want to make sure you're able to pronounce some of them. But I loved the way she was able to do the Irish accent. I love the narrator. I actually wrote that down. I wrote her name down at one point because I, I just thought she was fabulous. So this one, her name was Jessica Carroll. And then jumping ahead, stupid cliffhanger i was like okay let's just start book two <laughs> and then it's a totally different narrator totally different vibe i don't know because uh, she I, did I, such a good job switching between the accents too i just want to give her like give her you know what is it like the snaps the credit give her a little gold star jessica carroll nailed it i'm so glad so you guys both listen to the audio then too <laughs> i didn't so you're nodding that you you listen to it you like the yeah, I listened to the first part on audio and I finished it physically and I really, really liked it. I was I was blown away by the way she was able to do the different accents and then she was able to do the different accents in different voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would I not be able to do that. that. I yeah. could not do that at all. I was very impressed by that. Talking Music Mania, I love your comment about how you love that everyone in town knows not to eat what she cooks. And it's just like a thing that you know because you live there and... I live in a small town too. And one of my coworkers is like, if you have a question about anything and you're new to town, you ask Susie because she knows all of everybody and the history of everything. And that reminded me a bit of this, this uh, book and this community. I'm trying to figure out how to say it like politely, but like everyone knows she's off her rocker. Everyone's aware of this. They mention her starting fires. They mention, I mean, there were, there were multiple instances of her. She spiked the the tea. She spiked the punch bowl. I mean, this woman was really going at it all throughout town. And I think our, our leading lady was the only one who's going, why is she allowed to wander? She's dangerous. <laughs> Everyone else was totally okay with it, though. I mean, I don't know about how y'all feel about that, but I don't know how I would feel about someone willing to poison people just meandering around town. Yeah. I thought that was kind of odd. I mean, I don't know why that was, that was very perplexing to me, but I, again, I think I benefited from the fact that I read the book and then I listened to it again because upon the second read, I, I mean, I, 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 I think audio listening counts as reading. I noticed that there was one instance where she blamed the sister, but then they realized, oh no, it really is her. I'm going, wait, I mean, I don't want to spoil alert, but the sister's not a good person. I'm going, maybe that was the sister. I think maybe some of what she was maybe accused of maybe was the sister acting out. I'm not, I kind of want more information about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. Well, two part. First part, did you guys and everybody listening suspect Pegeen? And if so, when did you start to suspect? So do you want to, do you want to go first, Stephanie? Or... You, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so I actually, again, upon second, the second time around, she we don't actually physically meet her as a character until halfway into the book. 
And so we only hear about her through dialogue and she's referenced through our ghost who she was friends with. So again, when we first hear about her, it's in connection with other characters who don't think of her in a negative way. So if you suspected her within the first like 50% of the book, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> it's not until we actually get to meet her. And I, I went back and I wrote down, we met her when she was in the market with um, Siobhan. And so maybe that was supposed to be a tip off because Siobhan's not all, you know, a normal character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was supposed to be indicative of anything, but yeah, we don't actually see her until the 50% mark. So if you guys got her right off the bat, I am very impressed. <laughs> yeah. No, I suspected her, but it was closer to the end before the discovery. But yeah, it was odd. We didn't get to meet her till halfway through. I only suspected her, started to suspect her because nobody was suspecting her. And that's kind of a trope for the cozy mystery genre. Yep. But then when we found out that she didn't go to Orla and Iman's wedding, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of with Crystal where I'm like, I knew it was one. I was like, I was definitely on board for one of them. Okay. So you guys are pretty much like right on the bat. I mean, honestly, like, I, again, I, I, I didn't really have a prime suspect when I was reading this. I was just kind of going with it because I mean, I'm not going to lie. The priest seemed pretty sketchy sometimes. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was him or not. Cause he was the one who was like, yeah, I don't press charges. He's the one who had access to all the occult books. I mean, he was definitely like, hello, I am going to be your red flag over here to come down this red herring road. Like, I think it was Victoria. She mentioned that on the Twitter account earlier because, again, the priest had all these moments. You're like, hey, wait a second. Is that okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. That has a good point. Like, why why didn't Gethsemane, once she figured out that she was so tight, Pegging was so tight with these two characters, why didn't she go straight to her? I don't know why I didn't think of that. Elle did, and she is smart. That's a really good point. And then I think I'm with paperback stash here. When Yosemite is talking, I'm going to call him Frankie, the math teacher in the pub. And she's like, no, you're the reason these murders have happened. It's your fault. When she was deflecting blame, I think I was, I kind of moved her out my little mental suspect list. I still wasn't like convinced it was her, but when she ever kind of was like, you're the reason the murders are happening and you know, it's not her fault. That was very suspicious as the dog is meandering around himself. Okay, the wedding was the dead giveaway. I honestly, (laughs) I realized very quickly because I feel as if women reading Cozy Mysteries, like women would have gotten this probably quicker than a man would with the whole, why wait 10 years to kill her? Why why the 10 years? And in my head, I was right away, like without missing a beat, I'm like, she was pregnant. I knew that right away. I guess that from like the get-go, like why she finally snapped. But you got to feel bad for the wife who's supposed to be bright sunshine. (laughs) And then Peggy's just like, no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I did. Where did my little? Okay, so we kind of got to go go through the list. So she kills the first boyfriend. <laughs> this woman, she really went for it. I'm like, we just, we just, we we named her. We named the killer. We're just gonna have to talk about it now. So she kills the first boyfriend. But we learned Oshin is kind of connected to. You said you ha- your your friend has the daughter named this. I'm gonna. I don't want to pronounce the name. Ifa. Aoife. So Aoife had a crush on Oshin, and I didn't put him with Peggy until later when Eamon mentioned that the two dated. So I didn't put them together at first to realize she was going to poison him, but she killed him. And then she killed the wife of her longtime crush. And then she killed the crush. (laughs) And then she just went on a killing spree with everybody. So she killed Siobhan with a bow and arrow because naturally you go from poison to bow and arrow. 
I mean, she so so she poisoned, poisoned, pushed off a cliff, bow and arrow. <laughs> she beat the she beat Jimmy Hurley to death, and then you, then she set fire to and blew up a building for Aoife and Teague. And then she tried to kill our leading lady with poison again. So this woman was very, very troubled, to say the least. Here's her little, like, I'm going to kill you. Uh, chaotic serial killer there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she was, there were a lot of bodies in this cozy mystery. I mean, we always get at least one body, sometimes two. But we got we got quite a few here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so sad with Aoife dying because I was hoping that she would be a good girlfriend for Gethsemane. She interacts with a lot of guys. And I was like, okay, you need a, you need a chick friend. Come on. I mean, I got to give our leading lady credit, though. When Yosemite meets Eva and Teague in the lighthouse, it's raining. She wants to escape the rain. She, she sees him having the affair and she sticks up for them because she realizes his wife is just completely off yeah i'm yeah. i'm like i don't like that i'm just like we're no, there are no adjectives for what that's going on so she covers for him like yeah we were out walking and we ran into him i just thought it was so funny that she just she stood up for her and then they just sort of bonded and that was when she learned more about you know the actual mystery with eva that was really sad because i kind of i was starting to like her too yeah the fact that eileen the the crazy wife there is the one who survives god right I was like, maybe you could have done a, like, maybe search that killing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, we haven't talked about this yet, but I love, love, loved that Amon composed a new piece of music, a brand new score for the orchestra. Yep. That was so sweet. See, I love that. And of course, that's the, the music that they would have won with because it's new and it's real and it's his and the boys were felt it oh that really got me got me right here i kind of liked the fact that rory was the one who had the lead solo in the end i was rooting for him before Mm. the the nolan boy stood up because it was rory and then i don't want to pronounce colm c-o-l-m that was his first name the nolan boy's first name and then he played and it was just you know it was great and then it was just great with a little like plus next to it i was rooting for rory so i was happy that he got to be the one to have the solo for the for the big moment I admit, I was still rooting for Cole <laughs> because I didn't, she kept complaining about how badly these boys were, were acting. Mm-hmm. Girl, if that's bad, you don't know about it. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was that bad. No, it wasn't. In the midst, what do you think about that? I thought they were pretty polite most of the time. <laughs> I mean, again, their pranks were, let's turn the books inside out. He didn't even mix them up in the rows. He was just turning them inside out where they were. Right, still in the right spot. <laughs> yeah, if that's the worst, I'll totally take that. Right, exactly. I mean, I honest, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I will admit, I think the fighting was the worst that ever happened, but that only happened once, and I'm still not entirely sure what that fight was in reference to because yeah. Rory and Sorsha there, they kind of make a little cute couple, and then it wasn't until later in the story when you find out why he was giving her a leaf and then Sorsha says it's part of the poem that Orla wrote where the boy gives her a leaf saying he's gonna wait for her that was when I had that delayed oh he's so cute with her so sweet I mean I'm not really sure why the twin would be fighting Rory who's also the smallest boy apparently in the class I wasn't really sure why they fought but they fought and then her brother decided he wanted to get in on the action so right 
I was kind of surprised though. She apparently twisted his ear until it was red. <laughs> I don't know if she, that wow. was my question. Like, are you allowed to put your hands on a student and like actually injure them? I guess things are different in Ireland. <laughs> I just I saw this one comment. This is great. She was the Renaissance murderer. <laughs> Owen has three boys of her own, and she's like, "Yeah, those kids were well behaved." Follow my yeah. hands off you for real. Yeah, I, mean, I love I, how um, interconnected everything was, and it all came full circle. Yeah. I wrote that down too. I, again, I think the second. The second time around, I noticed more details because one of my questions was actually answered because we found out when Orla was, when they found her, she had gone over the cliffs, she'd been pushed off the cliff and they saw the body, obviously, and they knew what happened and they didn't do the autopsy. And the autopsy is where you would have found out she was pregnant. And so we didn't get that detail because there was no autopsy and that was explained within the first 20 pages or something mm-hmm. because he's trying to ask for help saying they didn't do mm-hmm. anything. But I, I kind of liked how it made sense later on when you found out the reasoning. And then there were other things too about her, again, when the realistic, you see a ghost, let's throw stuff at her. <laughs> you know, she mentions her own softball moment and that comes back later when she's trying to defend herself. She throws something at Peg. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I love the way she was able to do that, kind of set the precedent early on. And then it comes back like, yeah, you already know that the character can do this or, oh yeah, that detail makes sense now. Yeah, I love it when authors plant something in the beginning and pay it off in the end. When they don't, that just drives me crazy. But I thought Alexia Gordon did a really great job of doing that multiple times, like you were saying. So it made it really satisfying as a reader. Yeah, from a writing standpoint, I thought she did a really good job with this. Yeah. I know. I was like, I have the notes. I'm like, I I haven't even been looking at them. I mean, I just, even the random little details to just make the characters and everything jump off the page. She had the inspector's cologne and then she had, you know, our ghost had a scent. And I love that the scent was how she knew that he was coming. I mean, those little details are what takes the book from good to great. Like that will give you go from like three stars to four stars. Cause you give all, what is it? The sensory experience. You get all the senses working. You know what they smell like. You can see things. It's great. I mean, I, I will just go back to one of the things where I wasn't sure how I felt about our second love interest, the math teacher at first, because when he first meets our leading lady, he's like, why are you here? What do you want? Are you going to leave them? What's happening? So he was kind of sassy and a little jaded at first. So I kind of wanted to ask what y'all thought about Frankie and, and how he's kind of changed or evolved over the course of the story. Because he also went from being the math teacher to the prankster to being the friend. So I was just curious about your thoughts on that. I'm super pro Frankie. I love Frankie from the get-go. I guess, again, because I I live and work at a boarding school, so I just saw him as one of my coworkers. You wear a lot of hats, just like in any school. You, wear, you do a lot of different things because it needs to be done. And I just felt like each time his personality sort of adapted for a certain role, that's just kind of how it is. And the sum of, of all those parts equaled I love him. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of love how you're like he's real to me he's a real character he's a real person which is exactly what the writer wants when they're crafting this fictional person I love yeah I love him and I love I I don't even care if he's a love interest I just love having him as a friend yeah. I mean yeah. he was so cute I'm trying yeah, to find we like, end up being besties and I'd be totally good with that yeah I, I'm love kind of, I knew I had something pertaining to him somewhere. I'm like, I, it's here somewhere. I'll find it eventually. But what, I was just going to say, one of the things that came back around that I didn't realize until the second time with this 
with the audio. Okay, because we have to talk about Siobhan too, the psychic, the psychic in quotes. This it wasn't until the, the second time around when she's she goes saying. I have information from Azazel, my spirit guide, where she goes back and says to O'Reilly, the cold case detective saying, there's an important piece of evidence in the victim's house that was overlooked. And then I realized a second time around, oh my gosh, she's exactly right. She hit the nail on the head because the key piece of evidence of the bourbon that was spiked that killed him like Eamon there was actually still in the house. So she got something right. (laughs) She was correct. This crazy lady who's dancing in circles, pointing at like nothing was actually right. So I wasn't sure if she was maybe like one tenth psychic or just lucked out with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did they say? A clock or a stopped clock is right twice a day. True. So maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what did you guys think of Siobhan? I mean, I'm just curious. I like Wrong. the exasperated expression. <laughs> I mean, like, no. <laughs> she was entertaining. But I was like, really? You hired a psychic? She's obviously wanting money. I sort of appreciated the Gethsemane. I viewed it as like make her making an effort to do something the way of the village by hiring a village. Even though I feel like she could tell from the get-go that Siobhan was probably not so much a psychic. But the bullying, I yeah. just wanted to... Mm, With Siobhan? Yes, Siobhan was not just a wacko but she was a bully she was in the doorway and like holding on and wasn't letting our leading lady kick her out of her home i mean she's not paying rent but still that's her the cottage is her area and this lady's like i am not leaving i belong here (laughs) i mean someone's physically pushing you to leave their home you might want to just leave right and that brings me back to something that I love so much about Gethsemane. And we've talked about it. She's such a strong woman. And she refused to essentially let Siobhan bully her after that one incident at her house. She just kept putting her off and putting her off. And that was, I mean, go Gethsemane. I, <laughs> I love a little, I love a little hand. I love that. That was so cute. I mean, I like how she was like, no, I want the priest first. Like she, she kind of gave her excuses without being mean but you got where she was going and coming oh no i want the priest to do it like to do the exorcism Mm -hmm. oh no i want to look up the best time to have you come i mean she was able to to do it in a a kind of nice way but at the same time it was still forceful i mean again i'm not i'm not very i would just be like cowering like oh my gosh i'm so sorry like have a nice day (laughs) that woman was a lot to handle but like she didn't back down at all I would have. Smart protagonist. So smart. I mean, have you ever seen Just Like Heaven with Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon? There's a scene where he's in this haunted apartment and he's bringing in the Ghostbusters team. He's got a priest for doing the exorcism. He's got you know, every single type of ghost whisperer coming through. And they're all looking like Reese Witherspoon is standing next to him as the ghost. And they're just walking around her and he's like, pointing there she is there she is i mean siobhan's going around and Eamon knows that she can't see him but i just thought it was so funny the way she's like there in the corner and there was nothing there i mean she was just making that one up <laughs> and the dramatics that's what cracked me up i mean this is i don't know so my favorite was when she's like do you need something do you need to sit down do you need the bathroom <laughs> like she's like what's going on over there she started offering her like all these different things that she might need when she never yeah. said the bathroom i was laughing out loud because I, I did not expect her to say that I thought right, that was yeah. right. 
<laughs> so good. Yes, she actually had to physically push her. Yeah, because she was not she lady. got it down. I think it was originally 150. Right, that's right. She negotiated down. I like the little arms. Like, yes. 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 <laughs> this is true. Siobhan, Siobhan was a little much. Like, yeah, you kind of were like, hey, what's going on? It wasn't until she had the arrow in the chest where you're like, okay, she's not the killer. <laughs> uh, I kind of love how we're all like, yeah, our leading ladies got this. Yeah. Yosemite, hashtag Yosemite rocks. I finished this book a couple of weeks ago and I've read a couple books after it. So forgive me if I'm just not remembering, but did Yosemite ever get her luggage? No, she did not, because I wrote that down. <laughs> I, I'm also curious, because I, I travel myself, by, or at least pre-COVID, I, would, I traveled quite, quite a bit, and you would never put the important stuff in your luggage. You put your ID and money in there in your carry-on. So yeah. I'm kind of curious about that component of this, just yeah, a smidge. Because right. she's also, well-traveled. That was why I was kind right. of like, um... <laughs> Yeah, somebody in the comments, I don't remember who it was, but at the beginning they said, I wonder if in the second book she'll find her luggage. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) I mean, I'm also kind of curious. Again, this is me because at one point I was was thinking about going to the University of Glasgow. So again, I was actually looking into moving across, not in the same position as her, but I was looking into things. And so... I was thinking like, oh, you can mail yourself stuff. You can do this. You can you can buy things when you get there. And and so with, with her, I'm going, how many bags of luggage did you have if you were actually moving, moving? <laughs> and then how were people able to actually steal all of those bags? I have I have subsequent questions about the luggage, which is why I think I, I appreciated the comment early on. Like, is she gonna find it? I mean, how yes. do you steal that like the amount of luggage of, yeah, I'm moving to this place? That's a lot of luggage. Yeah. But didn't she ended up, it, it wasn't planned for a long time. Like she lost that out on that job that she thought she was going to get. And this just sort of slipped in as a backup plan. So maybe she didn't have as much stuff, even a couple pieces of luggage. That's like, get it back, man. Well, even then, like, it's got to be a pretty decent sized bag. I mean, how do you just walk away? Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm right. picturing the bag coming out of the chute and you're like dragging three bags that are just huge behind you. I mean, I'm trying to figure that part out because that would be very difficult for the thief. Because also, yeah. how do you know all of those bags go at the same person? I mean, did she did, was it a set? Did they all look alike? <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't kidding. Like, I legit was writing them down. <laughs> I was like, how did this happen? And and but you know, like it's at the same time, I didn't want to pull too much on that thread because I like the book. I almost yeah. wanted to just accept yeah. the premise that, oh yes, yeah, yeah. this is what happened. Yeah. Crystal Seenit says she will forever wear the dead woman's clothing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> at least that. They were designer nice. suits though, so it kind of works out. I mean yeah. that's not bad. Free designer suits. I mean, just one of, so one of the comments I have is just a very random note. I, I love how much uh, Eamon loves his wife. We don't get to see that relationship, but we learn all about it, about how when he's angry, she could totally just mellow him out and how, ev- how everyone knew he would never hurt her. But at the same time, they believed this lie about him. I just thought the way he loved her was so sweet. I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, we don't actually get to see this relationship, but we know all about it. And he's very upfront with it. Again, there's some masculine traits where it's going, oh, I, you know how I feel. I don't need to say things. I mean, he was just saying, like, I love her. I'm looking for her. I want to be with her. He was just so upfront. And then everyone in the village knew how he felt, too. There was no doubt that he loved her from anybody. Right. right. 
<laughs> I just saw this pop up. It's the airline's fault. <laughs> I just saw that. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. I mean, and plus, this is again a subsequent question with our, our killer here, Peg. This woman, she apparently can see Eamon. I mean, apparently, I don't know how she, he never figured out that she could see him because if a ghost popped up next to me, even if I was pretending that I couldn't see him and he popped up, that would scare me so much. I would jump out of my skin. Like, right. I'm surprised that she was able to keep the act up for 25 years. But I don't know how she was able to banish the wife so that you can only get her lingering scent. And so, you know, she's kind of on the same plane, but not really. I'm kind of want to know how Peg knew how to banish or semi-banish or keep the two apart. I, ha- I have questions about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have questions about how is she going to find Eamon? And I wish, even though I'm okay with the cliffhanger, I wish that there had been just a tiny little nugget to give Gethsemane the tiniest little bit of a hint about how to find him. So I wouldn't be all angsty until I read the second book. Yes. I am not okay with cliffhanger endings. I, as, soon, I, as soon as I was going... What? I'm pretty sure when I was, again, when, when I was reading this for the first time, I'm like, it doesn't have anything. Cause again, this isn't one of our culinary cozies. There's only two pages after it. And one of them's blank. And then the other one is just, you know, I was so upset. I'm, I'm going, where's the rest of this? Well, <laughs> like, am I missing cozies, something? Most cozies don't have cliffhangers. That's no. true. Good point. What happens? The ones that have cliffhangers have to do with like a secondary narrative of an overarching mystery throughout right. the series. I just listened to on Audible, The Merry Ghost Inn, which I loved. It's such a cute series. It was just adorable. The, the main character is looking for her missing mother. And so we don't know about this missing mother for, in book one or book two. And you don't get like a little, you know, taste of it until book three. But like that was okay because she was not the the victim or whatever is going on in the main narrative. So I was, I was okay with them not knowing what happened with her. But with this, with him being gone, he's the second most important character in this entire book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not okay with that. I was so upset. I'm going, I need to know where he is. I need to know what's happening. I, I needed another chapter. And then mm-hmm. that's why I started book two. And then we still don't know. It's, I, I gave up after, you know, listening to the audiobook for the first hour, I think. And then I was like, I still don't know where he is. And I need to go sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was by far the biggest cliffhanger I think I've ever read in any series, cozy mystery or not. And it was a little jarring to me. Like I wanted time to savor the fact that they won the competition and that, you know, she was probably going to stay and oh, what does that mean? That's so fantastic. And but then she just pow, right? With this You're not going to have to wait a year for the next one though. That's one positive. Oh, that's the worst. We have to wait for a book. That's just, oh, yeah. that's, that's the worst. Yeah. One of the benefits of reading a series. I mean, again, I will admit, so I looked it up. So the fifth book in this series was published March 20th, 2020. So right now there are five books in this series and I'm, and it's going, okay, if book five ends on a cliffhanger and there's no indication <laughs> of a book six, I'm not really sure how I'm going right. to do that. I'll, I'll be okay up until book five. And then if she ends that on a cliffhanger, I will not be okay. Uh, i just yeah that one was cliff i mean again i'm a romance person i just saw i I literally my eyes just went to eloisa james as a new book i saw that i was like yes you got the happily ever after this one we did not get any there was no happily ever after it was very much you're just waiting for it can we talk about our disappointment in billy yeah do i have that name right billy yeah i i thought it was fantastic he wanted to memorialize 
And if Gethsemane wasn't going to keep living in the house, he was going to make a museum out of it, which seemed lovely and appropriate. And then just out of nowhere, he goes for the money. And that was disappointing. Yeah, yeah that threw me. I like the facial, like, uh, like that's how I feel. Yeah, that's like exactly <laughs> it's better than that. <laughs> like sad face emoji. Yeah, yeah. I was more angry and frustrated with him. I also think I posted this on the Twitter and I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head if anyone responded to this particular question, but I knew I wanted to put it out there. He called her at 4 a.m. and woke her up from like a dead sleep to get the paperwork. And I was really perplexed as to the immediacy of that calling at 4 a.m. That seemed a little much to me. That w- that also raised the, the question mark for me. Like not only was he doing something sketchy, he was doing something sketchy in a very, very creepy way. I mean, you do not need to call this woman at 4 a.m. And, like, and he knew it was 4 a.m. It would have been one thing if he was just accidentally doing that and then he apologized perfe- like profusely saying, I'm so sorry. No, he knew what he was doing. And so now I just have no respect for Billy. Yeah. Again, pro for our protagonist who's so smart and figured out the history of that hotel owner and used it to her advantage. I mean... I love how, Bill, again, this writer, things come back around because he's the one who told her at the very beginning of the book when he's bringing her to the cottage, oh, yeah, we invited our ghosts in. Yes, we're going to be hospitable to them. And then he tries to say the exact opposite to our hotel mogul. What, his name is Wayne, I believe. And then she says what he said at the beginning of the book. And I'm going, yeah, you remember that dialogue. That's so great. It kind of came back around again with the details. Yeah. yeah. I was going, oh, you're, Gordon, you're very talented. Yeah, another point to pay off. Oh my gosh. I was just going to say, one of your points, I just saw it as a note. I wanted them to have a sort of victory party or something. I wanted her to celebrate with the boys, like take them out to eat or just, you know, meet their families because that's the other thing too with the boarding school. We don't really get to see them interact, you know, with anyone else aside from their classmates or even any other teachers aside from her and our math teacher. (laughs) It's just those two, apparently. And those boys earned it. That was, they only had what, six weeks? Yeah. And they were apparently horrible <laughs> at the start of the six weeks. I thought that was so impressive. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I'm with you. And you mentioned like everything was very abrupt at the ending. I mean, maybe in book two, I only, again, I only listened to the first hour on audio and I think it's an eight hour audio book. So I wasn't, I only made a little bit of a fraction of a dent in it, but yeah, I'm hoping that she'll catch up with them and congratulate them again and maybe expand on it because they must have worked really hard. And that's, again, why I wanted more of the day-to-day interactions of were they staying late after school? Were they practicing their spare time? How did they go from, you know, being, <laughs> you know, the people, everyone thinking that they're going to fail and not even place to winning the competition? Like, how did you go from there to there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they deserved accolades that they yeah. didn't get. Oh, random note. I loved when Yosemite was in the pub and she played the violin. She got to play a priceless violin, but then she got to share her talent with the pub. I was very happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that got her a lot of props from the villagers. Like, okay, she's she, she knows what she's doing. Okay, we'll follow this lady, you know. We'll follow her. <laughs> I mean, she also went to the Riley too. I mean, he was there at the pub drinking and, you know, right. singing and everything else. And I thought that was really cute. I mean, maybe that was also a little indication of a spark. I think something might be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Was the English teacher. We go, he's going from a music, he's going from an English teacher to a music teacher. I just love how we randomly mm-hmm. find out he has a cat. I mean, I was like, oh, we can turn this into an animal cozy in the future. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. 
Apparently, I just I just hold on to that. Every cozy has to have an animal somehow. But he, he even adopted the cat after he solved his first case. For some reason, even the detail of how he got the cat made me happy. I know. I know. I mean, so at the very end, I, I, this is one of the other reasons why I think I immediately went into book two. So Peggy sort of evades the police and commits suicide at the end, correct? Our killer kind of, I was expect. I thought maybe in book two, it was like, ha I pretended I'm back now. And again, I haven't gotten that far, but I was kind of surprised. That usually doesn't happen with cozy mysteries. Usually justice is served where they go to prison. And mm-hmm. we, I, we usually don't see justice be served, but we see them get into the cop car and dri- driven away. We don't see the trial usually, but we at least know right. that the person's in custody. And that didn't happen this time around. And I was so surprised about that, which is, again, why I'm like, this is a darker, cozy mystery. <laughs> yeah. I wondered how much of that is just based on the style of, of this author or if it's more of an international thing. Like, is that a, a UK, Irish... It reminded me of an Agatha Christie sort of thing. I mean, I, I don't want to spoil this, but, and then there were none. You can tell by the title how right. many are left at the end of the book. Right. <laughs> and then there were none. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I kind of got that vibe because I was not expecting, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure at first if it was supposed to be symmetry because she jumped off the cliffs where she killed Orla or what. But I was very, very surprised by that, that we didn't have the cops get our killer for some reason that really like really struck me mm-hmm. i have an entire page dedicated to just that one note <laughs> yeah it reminded me of a dark and stormy murder by julia buckley that's a great book but that one's kind of like right on the line of a cozy because it's darker mm-hmm. and this one feels the same way Oh. She had the same thing though too, where she has all the cozy elements in the book, but at the same time it does have a little bit of a darker vibe. You're going, oh, we have the dogs, and then something dark happens, and then we're talking about coffee, and then you're kind of going, yeah. wait a second, a gray area. So yeah, I mean, maybe these two kind of need to be next to each other on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I did too. I was really happy with this book. It was just the cliffhanger. That's that was where I got frustrated. Maybe my romance novels have spoiled me rotten where I get to have my, you know, everything tied up in a nice pretty bow. But yeah, that that was my biggest complaint was the cliffhanger. But yeah, at the same time though, when you want more of a story, that shows that it was a good story. So that's why I'm kind of hesitating to say like, oh, it ruined it, because it didn't. It just meant I want more. Yeah. And I think I just wasn't expecting it. Like if I'm reading a fantasy or something I know there's probably going to be a cliffhanger but in a cozy it usually doesn't happen so it was jarring <laughs> right different standards with fantasies again you'll be going my favorite with fantasies is when you only have 10 pages left and there's so much more story to go and you're going yeah this is not going to be good but you know that when <laughs> you know that when you see the last 10 pages and you're like yeah no like you yeah. kind of realize like right before the end where you kind of prepare yourself I didn't prepare myself for this one <laughs> yes <laughs> I love how you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Usually, I mean, again, readers get readers. Nobody, if if I said that to someone who was not a reader, they'd be going, "Huh? What? No." Yeah. Well, and even yeah. on audiobook, it was like, "Wait, there's no more left," because I wasn't paying attention because you can't physically see it. So it just ended. Yep. Nope. I mean, I want more. I want more information with all of these characters. I need to know what happens next. I'm pretty sure I'm going to fall into this series and just be. Again, I, I'm hoping, you know, once I get acclimated to the new narrator for the second audiobook, maybe hopefully she's the same for book three, four, and five, or maybe I'll just end up reading them like an, you know, 
with my e-reader or something, but I, I'm hoping they keep the same one for, you know, continuity's sake. But yeah, I'm definitely in the series now. I need information. I can't just cliffhanger. Yeah. This is not how I work as a reader or as a human. <laughs> I need more information. <laughs> Renee has a good point about the really cute titles. Yes. Murder in G Major and Death in D It's so good. I'm terrible at puns and I'm always just amazed at how great some of these titles are for these cozy mysteries and this was no exception yeah and how many they come up with yes yes I mean I gotta give her credit with including the the musical components in the title because it is such a musical cozy and like and that is so rare again I can find my baking cozies all over the place but I don't really know too many musical cozy mysteries and random aside with the cover I, I, I kind of love how it's a green violin. She's an Ireland green, green violin on the cover. Right. For yeah. some reason, I just loved that. I just yeah. think everything about this is just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I can read them by next week. <laughs> Get reading. Give you guys a summation very soon. <laughs> Crystal had a good point about how it was neat that everyone in the village was so into classical music. But you don't necessarily get a lot, especially around like a boarding school or a small town like that, at least in the United States. I mean, it's like football or not that there's anything wrong with football, but it was neat to have something different that kind of the village evolved around, revolved around. I mean, I did like it when she says soccer and he's going football. <laughs> no, <laughs> like he crashed a corrector yeah, yeah. and they had that, no, it, what was it? Orla liked cricket and he liked football. It, it was cute how they, they yeah. didn't mention that, but yeah, this school, for some reason, music was their thing. And that was, uh, again, I, that made me so happy. My little reading heart was going, this is not typical. You guys have an orchestra. Even yeah. just having an orchestra in the school was, it was kind of new. I mean, most I don't, I don't know if any cozy mystery musicals or musical cozy mysteries have orchestras in their high schools. That just seems like it was such a different detail than a lot of other books would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, thank you. They have the same narrator. I appreciate you, Vani. I was, I was worried about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I really love the first narrator. She was spectacular. I don't know what the backstory was with getting the new one for book two. And again, I listened to the first hour Yosemite apparently is originally from Virginia. So she has that sort of slow Southern drawl. Whereas with the first one, you get the Irish accent. And so it is very, very different. It was kind of jarring almost. So definitely going to have to take, you know, a day and then get ready for book two and go back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A posh private school. Yes. I kind of want to know, were they wearing their uniforms? Were they dressed with their little blazers? (laughs) I'm kind of picturing them like that in my head. That's how I pictured them. They're also on the verge. I I wrote down with I put I I actually wrote down the little money sign. So the I don't want to mispronounce his name. Dan Levy. I I keep thinking of the guy from Schuss Creek, Dan Levy, like Dan Levy. Dan Levy with the donation. They're gonna get their own sort of stadium-esque thing going. He's gonna have private rooms designed so they're soundproof. I mean, this music program is gonna be top-notch by the end of the series. So I'm kind of curious about that too. I'm I'm not really sure how much input Yosemite is going to have, but I'm really curious to see where those donations and the musical elements kind of progress to. Right. Yeah. Same. So what was your overall star rating? If you give star rating. What was, I'm like, Jeannie, what was yours? You know, I'm going to go four, solid four. Like I'm pretty harsh on books in general. So a solid four, I think is pretty good. Just with those few little details that I'm like, but it was buoyed by the fact that 
this author is so intelligent and she wrote all of her characters so intelligently and it had so much cozy yumminess. I'm at a solid four. What about you, Stephanie? I'm the same, a solid four. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm kind of with you guys where I'm kind of, I'm teeter-tottering between, I, I almost want to be that person. I, I, I really want to be like that fraction reader. I mean, sometimes I really want to be like 4.25, 4.75. Like, like, I feel like yeah. that person, because I'm kind of thinking 4.5 for me in a way, because again, the cliffhanger ending was just so startling to me. I want more, which is a good sign, but very bad that I kind of wanted to go throw the book against the wall like I need I mean my, my exact reaction was anger it wasn't wait a second I was I wasn't so with the cliffhanger that was not for me so that kind of left me a little 5.5 little deduction so that was my biggest complaint with that but yeah I really I thought she was just so talented having those details come up at the beginning and then come back around at the end I mean she is a good writer she's mm-hmm. she's very talented mm-hmm. I can see why this book was nominated for so many awards right yeah. Bonnie agrees. Four stars. Hmm. Yay. Yeah, it seems like everyone really still here. It. <laughs> I can show the star ratings. Nice. Yay. I mean, I hope the other books in the series are, are at the same level. I mean, again, I'm very impressed with the fact that this is the first book in the series, too, because sometimes they'll progress, you know, they'll get better as the series goes on. But to start out on such a high note, now my expectations for book two are really high. So you got to live up to book one now. The pressure is on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She did that to herself by being so talented. So (laughs) I'm kind of curious where that's going to go to where, oh, hopefully book two, book three, and book, you know, the the rest of them are the same caliber. I have faith Mm -hmm. in her though. Because she seems, she seems like she could do it. Yeah, I believe that she will. Even though I haven't read them yet, but it's feeling. <laughs> we have faith. <laughs> I mean, I also love the main character, so I'm rooting for her too. Yes. Same. I'm trying to see what other little notes I had. I mean, I'm cu- kind of curious what's going to happen with the sister who's poisoning people because now she doesn't have her her lookout. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with I don't Nola in the following books, but I think that's all I had. Did you guys have any other thoughts, comments, questions? I've been pretty pushy about my thoughts, so I think I... <laughs> yeah, we covered everything I was t- wanted to talk about, so... I mean, I'm looking down at my little diagram. I will just say, I was very surprised with the first investigation. Your heart has to sort of go out to Eamon. Again, I always have to pause to think, this is how you pronounce his name. Your heart has to go out to him because there's a week in between Orla being pushed over the cliff and him being poisoned. So he has an entire week of grief and... The police force really didn't help him. They they sort of just took the word of a guy who hated him of, yeah, I saw his car, didn't really do any sort of investigation. And even upon his suicide, nobody looked any further than, oh, he must have been grief stricken. So I felt terribly for him. And I thought really poorly of Jimmy Hurley there. I wasn't their police force. I'm kind of curious, too, for the following books, because there seemed to be a lot of speculation that they were corrupt. Aside from our, our inspector with the cold cases, O'Reilly, who's new, by the way, who hasn't been in town that long, there seems to be a questionable backstory with the cops in that town. So as cute as the small town life is, the police force sort of has left me with a giant question mark. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Victoria has a really interesting point here. She was not such a fan of how many women are portrayed as crazy or unstable. I hadn't, I mean, I noticed that, but I, it didn't ring a bell. That's such an interesting point, Victoria. 
That's a good point. That's true. I'm kind of, you kind of got me thinking of the whole, she's not like other girls sort of thing uh, where you want the protagonist to be the one that they focus on sort of situation. But there weren't that many female characters in the book to start with. I mean, I did like, oh my gosh, I don't want to mispronounce her name. The friend who, the, she's with Teague, a- Eva. Yeah. Eva. Eva. She was really cute. But I mean, again, she's having an affair. That was, I mean, she's a doctor. She's running the pharmacy. She's capable. I mean, she has a kind heart, but she, there, there was a little something going on where you're not like, oh, you're not, you know, not completely up front, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But aside from her, yeah, the other women, uh, yeah, we have, I'm looking at the list. Yeah, we have Nola, who was in her own little area. And there weren't any women on the force either. For a second, I thought D.I. Kildare was going to be a woman, but then it was Donnie. It was a man. Mm-hmm. I was kind of curious about that, too. But Orla seemed awesome. I mean, everyone, except for our killer, who was psychotic, everyone else seemed to love her. So she was a positive representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of women were victims, in the sense that they died. And so maybe in book two and three and four and five, we'll get more female characters in there. My dog just went out of the bed. He's hiding somewhere. I just saw a thing. I just saw the, I, I tried to, he's so tiny. I try to keep him from going out of the bed by putting things in front of it so he can't get, I just saw something move forward. I'm going, he's in there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there weren't that many female characters. I was expecting, not a confrontation, but I was expecting our leading lady to run into the literature professor who dumped <laughs> the inspector, but we never see her again after the breakup. And even then, she was a little bit, she wasn't the most understanding of women. She wasn't portrayed very well during that breakup. So, yeah, Yeah. you you have a very fair point. (laughs) But I loved our leading lady, though. Like, she was, she was a good female representation. Yeah. Oh, so this is interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like Eamon's character tried to address that a little bit by saying, you know, even I went there one time and, you know, it was, everybody needs it sometimes. But I agree, I don't think it was enough. I kind of like the fact that Eamon there mentioned, no, I was tired. You know, I needed to recuperate. I went there. I didn't mention it because it it didn't need to be mentioned. And he owned it. And I appreciated the fact that he stood up for himself and he he didn't back down of, oh yeah, I should have told you. I mean, he he was like, no, I took care of myself. I did the Mm self-love, self-care. I think think the bad part was how they didn't know the difference between someone who was having mental health issues and someone who needed to be taken in by the police because they didn't seem to know what to do with Nola where she needed to have she needed she needed help in a mental sense but they didn't need to bring her to the police station you should have brought her to to the hospital not to yeah. cops they didn't right. they didn't seem to know how to actually deal with what she was doing and why she was doing it mm-hmm. i think that was probably the, the biggest issue as my dog goes behind the bed now <laughs> all of a sudden I, I hear him doing things I'm like what's going on I think that was really a problem for me but maybe that's a small town where they didn't have enough people on staff they were you know they needed more education in regards to you know this is now the world we live in <laughs> be, be, be nicer be kinder but I, I understand why you're saying that I also felt badly that the actual mental health institution was closed yeah it seems like a town that would have needed, I mean, people in town were going there. I'm not really sure why it closed because clearly there were people who needed it and yeah. they also just abandoned it. Yeah. <laughs> this place was literally left with the folders, like someone just walked out of there. 
I, I have so many questions about that. Like I mean, crime horror movie setting. And <laughs> exactly. And that does happen. I mean, that, or at least it used to happen. And that's why we have so many caricatures of that because the stereotypes are there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wondered if Alexia Gordon was not addressing it as much because it's in a different country and they do things differently or it's in a small area where they didn't really have access to a lot of the resources that people needed, or if that was just the town and that's how she wrote it. I, I don't know. Oh no. I mean, I kind of, ho- I'm hoping Nola, Nula, I, don't, I, I want her to get the help she needs because again, the priest saying, no, 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 don't press charges. At least if that was brought to attention, they'd be able to say, okay, why are you doing this? Let's talk about this. Let's get you the help you need. Whereas brushing it on the rug of, oh, if we don't talk about it, it's fine. That's not the, you know, the healthy approach to take. So I'm hoping in subsequent books, she's, you know, getting therapy. Someone's taking care of her. I would like to see that in the rest of the series. Yeah. So would Max. Max would too. (laughs) That was right on you. (laughs) Right. He's behind the bed too. Like he, I can't even see him because I got the next thing in the way. He's just somewhere over in this, over there. He has strong opinions. Yes. He has a very big personality with strong opinions. He steals the show when he's not even on screen. I love it. It's so funny. He is five pounds, but he has such a big personality. I mean, he really does. I mean, he also can communicate very well. (laughs) Max says it's great. I mean, I'm kind of curious if there are any other thoughts or questions. I mean, hopefully Max will pop his head out and, you know, before the evening's over. But yeah, I, I will just mention, so... Our next book is Color Me a Murder. So this is our our book for next month. I haven't read it yet, but I printed out the cover because I want to color it in. I am obsessed with that. I think this is such a cute cover where it's an actual adult coloring book page. (laughs) I think that is such a cute idea. So if you have not already gotten this book, please add it to your TBR. You know, I don't think it's available in Audible, but there is an audiobook available. So there are all the different ways to get it, all the different outlets where it's available, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. I looked at them all up with the links. They're all, all on the Twitter page. And I don't want to misspeak, so I'm going to open up the Twitter. So what I'm doing is I really love the fact that we were able to have our next four reads all planned out. I don't know how y'all felt, but that was just brilliant for me. I was able to figure out, okay, this is what we need to do here. And I was able to make the graphics. I was able to, you know, get everything in order in regards to giving you guys the links and being able to tell you, hey, this is what's going on. And I think it was really nice for the people who do plan out their reads. And so people were able to add them to their reading challenges and figure out what was going on in regards to, okay, I can add this to my library, you know, wish list and get it in time. I thought that was wonderful for a lot of people. So I'm trying to do that again. And right now, hey, 102 votes. We were, we were at 98 when this, uh, before we went live. That is so exciting. I'm like, yeah, 102 votes. <laughs> Top 100. That's great. So right now I am posting the poll for the May read. And then I left that up for an entire week. And then I'll do the same thing for the June, July, and hopefully August. Hopefully we can do the next four as well. And every single book, it was the ones that you guys have recommended. Because I've been asking you guys probably since we've had our four reads. Like, hey, start thinking about the books you're interested in. And I've been marking them. I have an entire binder. I have another notebook and everything else just dedicated to keeping track of your book. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I do my research. And what I did was I grouped them by theme. So right now it is a bookish cozy theme. So for whom the book tolls, the broken spine, 
on borrowed crime and little bookshop of murder. So right now we have the little bookshop of murder winning at 35%, but on borrowed crime is at 28. So it could come back around if you guys keep voting. So you have 24 hours left to vote for that one. And then as soon as that one's done, I'll be posting the next theme. So your June read will hopefully be voted on. So then hopefully by the time we have our April live stream, we will have our next four reads all planned out after this lovely. So that is the goal. That is the plan. I'm hoping that works. I'm so excited to see what wins too, because again, it took me a little while to figure out how to keep track of, this is why there's a binder, (laughs) how to keep track of people's recommendations was because some people would DM them on Instagram. Some people mention them in DMs on on Twitter. Some people would answer Twitter questions. Some people would answer an Instagram question. Some people would send in an email or they'd respond to my newsletter with an email. And so that was when the binder happened. So that was when the, Hey, we're going to put these into themes. So the next couple I'm like, I'm like, do I spoil the themes? Do I tell you what the themes are? But every single book you guys recommended, I lost track of who recommended what, but someone did recommend them. (laughs) I promise. I love how close all the polls are too. Yes. It makes me excited to read any of them. Mm -hmm. I am always so excited when I see them being that close because it just, it shows that everyone's on the same page too, that everyone has similar interests and everyone is just... Also reading, <laughs> reading yeah. the cozies and they're interested and they're engaged. That just makes me so happy. I mean, whenever I see the numbers, again, see, as soon as I saw 102%, I'm pretty sure my face lit up <laughs> like a Christmas tree. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like seeing the participation is just the best. It makes me so happy. It really does. Hey, you just ordered your copy. Oh, okay. is that did you say it was Krista Davis? Yes. I'm pretty sure. What is she? The domestic diva? Yes. yes. The diva series. I love, I that, love series. that series. And we read the first one for that one. The next yeah. one. That's how I got into it. And then I read the whole series and she has another one coming out in May and I'm waiting. <laughs> Cause she's with Kensington now. I'm pretty sure too. Right. I'm oh, pretty great. sure. I think she transcended to a different publisher as I'm looking over there. Cause I, I'm pretty sure. Hi, he's back. Oh my God, now he has a bone he's trying to bury. This is going to be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Lady Gizmo. That's so sweet. Oh, yes. You guys are so sweet for joining and being here and saying yes. I was so happy that you guys answered the Google interest form because I always have that moment like, who might be interested? I was, again, now we have a form. I can figure out like, this is great. But before I was like, oh my God, I don't want to put someone on the spot. I don't want to be like, hey, you know, if someone's shy or not ready. As soon as I saw your names, I'm going, I know them. They're great. They're awesome. I love their comments. They're always so engaged and so, so positive. As soon as I saw the names, I'm like, yes, this is the <laughs> I was so excited because you guys also were like, yeah, we'll do that. I think um Stephanie, you were like, I'll do any of the months. Like, I just I'd love to participate. I was like, oh my God, she's so excited about cozies. Yes. <laughs> Anytime. And you were so sweet. You're like, it was so cute. Jean Jeannie's uh, Jean's adorable too. I'm like, you guys are just adorable, like so sweet. Like, I just want to keep you guys. <laughs> Again, I've seen your usernames all over the place. And actually getting to talk to you is just, oh, it's so great. It's, it makes me so happy. I'm so happy you guys joined tonight. I was so excited to be able to put your little faces in the thumbnail. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I was able to go take their their little photos. And, oh, so cute. Yeah, <laughs> my thumbnail, I'm like, dang, that's a lot. That's an old photo. My hair was like this short. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think I found that on it. I think I took your user profile. 
picture. I, again, I made it benefit of planning, able to t- make the thumbnails in advance. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, you. <laughs> but there's, you guys are so sweet. I mean, I was so happy when you not only filled out the Google form and then when I actually asked you, you said yes. It wasn't one of those, hey, I'm going to put my hand up in the air. No, don't call it me. <laughs> I, uh, I had a little fangirl moment like, yes. <laughs> totally, Stephanie. And I don't know about you guys, but I really loved the three. I don't know how many you've done with three. I missed a couple of months, but usually it's two and it's one with three. I mean, again, like I never want to put someone on the spot where I know things come up. If someone ever says, like, you know, backs out from the three, you know, I'm like, I don't know, like, I understand, take care of. I remember one time someone had a loss in the family. We're saying, oh, no, no, we're going to be going. And they were apologizing to me. Like, no, no, no. Like, go take care of yourself. I'm sorry for your loss. Like, you know, go take care of yourself. I'm thinking of you, like wishing you well. And so, you know, again, like, I'm really happy that we're able to do the three of us. I mean, because I haven't had a live stream with any of you, like either of you. So this is new for both across the board. And then next month, I'm pretty sure, I didn't realize this until after I was like, we have Vani and Victoria. So it's going to be V and V. <laughs> so it's another three people. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was so funny when I saw that. I was like, hey, wait a second. That's going to make things easy or hard. Like, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't a tongue twister at some point. But yeah, at least the author's name doesn't have a V in it. <laughs> Oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you so much for joining. If I mean, again, I'm starting to lose the voice because we've been talking for a while. But if you guys have any final questions, comments, now is the time to post them because and also get your comments in because giveaway is going to be happening for Freshly Brewed Murder and Marta being the awesome author that she is, the audiobook. I'm trying to think if I had any other announcements. I'm, I posted an egg. I love how I say egg now. I'm like the egg TV or like the little Instagram uh, highlight. I mentioned that Astoria Wright is organizing a cozy mystery romance themed conference that is happening. I believe April 11th. I wrote it down and then I put the notebook on the floor and the dog is now on top of it. So I can't look at the date. But she's doing that and Malice Domestic is also happening and that's a virtual conference. I signed up myself for that one. And then Astoria's conference is happening next month. There's a cozy mystery gift basket going to be happening. And I put aside one of the mugs and candy and all sorts of other coziness and goodness. There's also going to be some more Sleuther vinyl giveaways. And for those, I also put an extra cozy swag. Some people are so cute. They post their their little their photos of what they get in the mail. And that makes me so happy. I put in the bookmark, the vinyl Sleuther sticker. We have Perla Combs and we have, and there's a vinyl sticker of uh, her her little, her little Sherlock Sleuther cat, which is so cute. I love the mascot that we have. And so, so I'll be um, doing some more of those flash giveaways as well. So there are lots of things going on and to be on the lookout for. So please make sure you check your Instagram and Twitters because if you want to win, again, I also pick like five people at a time because I can't stand to like not give the love to you guys. You're so generous, by the way. You, you, you are, are amazing. Oh. Keeping up with this. This is why you built such a following, Angela, because you are incredible at this, hosting oh. this and making sure people feel loved. So kudos, my friend. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm just so appreciative of everybody. I mean, it was it was so sweet because 
you know, I, I was really kind of out of it last month and I've, I've been kind of picking myself back up, you know, responding to the DMs and everything else. You know, I posted, I was saying, you know, this has been a really rough day. There was a dissertation related issue and I got all these DMs and people wishing me well and it just picked me right up. I mean, mm-hmm. it literally changed my entire disposition. I went from like crying about this issue as I'm getting emotional talking about how you guys make me happy. <laughs> I was like, you guys sent like all these well wishes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really the best crew in the world. I mean, and, and it really is my absolute honor and pleasure to like celebrate Cozy Mysteries with everybody. I mean, I'm so honored that you take the time out to talk to me. Like you guys sitting here taking the time out of your day to co-host. I mean, hello. I love you guys. Like this is amazing. <laughs> you don't have to do this. You don't have to be here. And the fact that you are, I mean, it just means the absolute world to me. So for me, it's like, yeah, this is the least I can do. Like, I wish I could do more. I mean, I, I specifically, you know, when I was having the bad day, I went to the cricket. Like I, that was my Christmas present. Um, <laughs> I went to the cricket. I'm like, what can I do to make myself feel better? Like, what can I do? And I was like, oh, I want to do something for my Cozy Mystery Book Club, fa- like my family. Let me do the vinyl sl- like slither stickers. And so that's what I did. And, you know, focusing on that was what I, you know, got me out of my funk and getting your well wishes was just so sweet and like brightened and changed everything. So uh, you guys really do make my life better. You do. So it's my absolute honor and pleasure. If I can do more giveaways, I will. So yeah, you've built a really awesome community <laughs> for sure. I mean, the you guys are the community though. Like, I mean, you guys are just so sweet and amazing and it's just you participate, you comment, and your comments are thoughtful and they're sweet and they're kind and you engage with the books. I mean, it, it's so easy to to talk with y'all and, and be kind to y'all. You make it so easy to be, to just enjoy this community. You really do. I mean, we had what, like at one point we had like what, 35 people watching. I mean, that is incredible. It really is. It's my absolute honor to be a part of this. I'm just so privileged. It really is. As I get emotional. <laughs> I mean, I'm thankful to you guys too. You comment. You have been a part of this for a very long time. I've been seeing your usernames for, I don't even know how long. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure, Stephanie, you've been here from probably like the beginning. I'm pretty sure. Close to, yeah. yeah. And Jamie, you've been like, you've been across platforms. Like I've been seeing you, you were in, I think you were actually part of the first 12 Days of Cozies. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I have to tell you, this group really helped me through the quarantine and the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. seriously buoyed what was a really scary and uh, you know, tumultuous thing, not knowing what was going on. And this Cozy Mystery Book Club really kind of gave me something to focus on that wasn't scary. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, it's a cozy something mystery to look like to yeah. Oh, virtual hugs. <laughs> I just want to virtually hug you. No, I mean, I think Cozy Mysteries themselves too, right? They lend themselves perfectly and beautifully. They're upbeat. You got the characters that you love, aside from a cliffhanger here. Most of the time they end, you know, with a little bow tied up where you get to enjoy it. I mean, I'm so happy that it was able to brighten your days. That just, because you guys brighten mine too. I think that's kind of just like, that's true for both of us. <laughs> where I'm like, yes, you guys. Oh, I just love that Cozy Club connection. There we go. Yes. <laughs> You guys are the best. I mean, it was just, I'm so, I'm so honored. I mean, I'm so happy we were able to do this tonight and I'm so thankful that people were able to join us. I mean, again, you guys are taking time out of your lives to come chat cozies with us. I mean, you guys are awesome and I want to give you guys the virtual shout out and hugs too. (laughs) Thank you for being here and talking about this book. And hopefully you guys will also like this book next month. So far, I've heard really good things. I'm really hoping everyone else enjoys it as well. So far, only a handful of people have said they've started it. I know a lot of people have said they've started the next book in this series, though. So, I mean, probably going to have to check in at some point. <laughs> but next up, Color Me a Murder, 
Chris Davis. So that is happening. But awesome. do you have any final thoughts, comments for the night before you say goodbye? Super love. I am so appreciative of you guys for joining. And again, I'm going to be sharing all of their social media links because they're amazing. And you guys are just so sweet and incredible. And I'm so happy that you were able to join me tonight and you were welcome back anytime. I mean, I'm just very appreciative. And so I'm going to be sharing all of their links. Please follow them across the board because again, they brighten my day. I'm sure they will brighten yours. And I am going to be posting more giveaways, more information, more things are happening next month. There are going to be three books courtesy of Kate Young, who is one of my favorite cozy mystery authors. She does baking cozies, well, cooking cozies, technically speaking. So there are going to be more cozy mystery giveaways happening next month, too. So be on the lookout for those. So aside from that, I think that is everything. And you guys are amazing. <laughs> I love everybody. You guys are great. So I'm going to be hitting end broadcast. Uh, have a nice night, guys. Thank you for listening to the Cozy Mystery Book Club podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of murder in G major. If you read Murder in G Major or any of the other books in this series, please make sure you let me know over on any of the social media accounts, whether it is the Cozy Mystery Book Club or any of my own accounts. You can find all sorts of things Cozy Mystery Book Club over on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at Cozy Mystery Club. You can also message me directly as at writerahart or send me an email writerahart at gmail.com. And I wanted to take a moment to remind everyone that if you post a photo of our book of the month during that month, make sure you let me know, tag any of the social media accounts, or send me a message because I made a pledge to send those participating sleuthers a hashtag sleuther bookmark. If you've ever visited the Cozy Mystery Book Club Instagram account, there is a very good chance you've already seen this bookmark. It's my way of showing my appreciation for those sleuthers posting and taking part in the book club. Since I am paying for everything myself, currently I'm only able to mail these bookmarks to the US and Canada. But if you are an international sleuther, I've got you covered. Over on my personal website, I made a special page just for international sleuthers. I designed 12 different bookmarks, a few clip art images, GIFs, memes, and a few other sleuthing special surprises, as well as a couple adult coloring book pages I worked with a graphic designer for. So if you're an international sleuther, all you have to do is send me the link to your post and I will reply with the password to access that special page. In all honesty, I am very proud and pleased with how that turned out. Thank you again for listening to today's podcast episode and being a part of the Cozy Mystery Book Club. I hope you have an amazing day and the next Cozy Mystery you pick up is a five-star read. As always, happy reading, writing, and sleuthing. And always know I am wishing you the absolute best with everything you do. Thank you for listening and please stay kind, creative, and cozy. 